Hello there, this is the uh, Psychology Report, and today I'm directing my attention to the issue of stress and stress management. I'd like to kind of introduce this in the context of a 5 by 5 by 5 stress management program. What are the five symptoms of stress? What are the five causes of it? And what are the five things you can do to manage stress? Now, obviously, there are a lot of reasons for stress to be in our life, and there's a lot of ways that we manifest that stress, as well as there are a lot of different ways that we all approach stress and try to manage it in our life effectively, sometimes better than other times. But the issue of stress management is an extremely important topic because it affects our, our general health. If you live with stress, high stress, chronic stress, your health is in jeopardy. Your job is in jeopardy. Your performance is in jeopardy. Your schoolwork is in jeopardy. Your school achievement level is in jeopardy. Relationships are in jeopardy. Your marriage is in jeopardy. Your parent-child relationships are in jeopardy. And so on and so on we go. Stress is pervasive in our life. And it makes a very, very strong um, impact on many, if not almost all areas of our daily living. So it's a topic we can't ignore, we can't just kind of push away, or we can't diminish. We have to look at it realistically and with a great sense of, of value, uh, because we want to value ourselves as a person, our own health, our own responsibilities, but manage the thing which otherwise could do us in. Manage the stress that would otherwise diminish and it'll affect us in many, many, many different ways of our life. So, let me just get into the topic and ask this question. How do you know that you're under stress? What's the symptoms? What are the things that people generally read about themselves or somebody else to read the pattern of stress? If you want to know what the stress levels of your husband or your wife is, here are some things to look at. If you want to know what some of the stress levels of your children are, here's some of the things you can look at. Here are some of the things that you can just use. I'm going to give you five of them that can be used as an index that stress is among us. <laughs> stress is within us. And stress is having its ill effects on us. Increased irritability is number one. We become irritable under stress. We become short-tempered. We become impulsive. We become impatient. Stress management is then required, okay? So irritability, increased irritability, assuming that you have some irritability anyway, but this is a much, much more, and a high levels of irritability. Okay, number two, stress is present when we start distancing ourselves from our friends and our family and from our activities and from our groups that we associate with. When we start isolating and distancing ourselves and backing off from other people, we are showing signs of stress. And those are the indicators that need to say, okay, something needs to be done. We need to get on the ball and reduce that stress and manage it you know, better. But when we start withdrawing, when we start isolating, distancing ourselves, disengaging from our life and our normal life, our normal activities, our normal people in our life, we're under stress. That's number two. Number three is this. If you turn to alcohol, you turn to drugs, that's a stress factor. And if you use more alcohol and more drugs than usual, that's a stress factor operating. And it's a destructive one, and it will not help. Okay, that's number three. Number four is this. 
you have lower quality of work. In other words, just look at your handwriting. If it's at lower quality, you're under stress. Look at your arithmetic. You're adding up the figures and numbers. If you're making mistakes, yeah, there's an index of stress, if you will. If you're spelling, you're spelling wrong. Maybe you're not checking the words correctly. You're not taking your time. Maybe that's a sign of, of stress for you. If your general work quality of, of whatever you do, if it goes down and it's not, and you're missing points and you're missing the corners and you're missing getting jobs completed and finished, could be a real index of the stress level in your life. And then number five, insomnia. Or it could be excessive sleep, if you will, is uh, certainly your sleep disturbance is going to be number five. For some, sleep disturbances hard to fall asleep. Some, it's hard to stay asleep. Some, it's hard to wake up. You get these excessive hours of sleep, 10, 12, 15 hours. Of, you don't need that. Nobody overcomes stress by excessive hours of sleep. Nobody overcomes stress by sleeping a few hours. Keep it consistent. Six to eight hours of sleep is needed. That's all. And under stress, you don't need more sleep. Maybe you need an hour nap during the day, a power nap. That might be helpful. But that's like during the day, only one hour, not two, three, four hours. But a one-hour power nap might be very helpful. But as part of the sleep disturbance, kind of keep track of your nightmares. Keep track of your dreams. That's all part of stress. If you're on a, You might dream a little bit more. You might have more disruptive dreams, more negative, more uh, violent dreams, more conflict in the dreams. Look at the dreams. Listen to your dreams. Kind of analyze your dreams in the morning. Don't wait until later in the day. You'll forget what, they, what the dream was all about. But when you wake up, kind of take a little note of them. Just kind of write it down on a piece of paper. And then kind of follow what your dreams are. And if they're changing their patterns from what they usually are, that's an index of stress. So we, we dream every night, all of us. But we forget them. We don't think about them. You dream about seven to eight, nine times a night in little periods of bursts of, of dreams. And sometimes they're disjointed. They don't make sense. And that's why, because you got different dreams going on all night long. Or it could be one continuous dream, but just different parts to it. So dreams are kind of interesting, and we'll talk about that sometime in itself. But dreams are an index of the stress level that you're underneath. And as well as the amount of your sleep and the quality of your sleep. You see, when you're under stress, you don't need more sleep. It's not the amount of sleep. It's the quality of sleep. You need good sleep. You need good sleep patterns. And uh, that's six to eight hours with a power nap you know, during the day. Okay, so that's the issue of what tells us we are under stress. Those are the indicators that stress is operating in our life. Now, there are a lot of other ones, too. You have your own pattern, and you need to think about that. You need to analyze that. What are you, what's your pattern of stress indica indicators? Um, maybe people who know you can say, I know when you're under stress. It's when you do this or when you do that. People are very observant and can tell you that. So ask them. Well, now let me ask you this question. What, what causes the stress in our life? You know, so stress happens, and sometimes it's not very high, sometimes it's very low, sometimes it's very chronic. They're all the time. High levels, that's, that's destructive stress. But what, what causes some of these stresses in our life that uh, begin to really play havoc with our time schedule, with our well-being, and with our confidence, and our uh, feelings of importance, our self-esteem, what we think other people think about us, all those kind of things get affected.
So what are the causes? What's some of the causes? Let me give you a couple of them. I'm going to give you five. Remember, this is a five by five by five program here. Five, abrupt changes in your shift assignment. Now that is, if you work days and now you're working nights, that could be a very high cause of stress. Or if the, the level of work that you are responsible for in the day, in the course of your work hours, shifts from a lot of work to little work or from little work to a lot of work. Those kind of changes or shifts in our scheduling and in our amount of work that we are responsible for can be a great cause of stress in our life, particularly when there's a time schedule attached to it. If we're doing so much work per day and then all of a sudden we have to double that almost and get it done in that same time period, there's a real squeeze there and that's a cause of stress. So it's the assignments that we have and whether we can get them done in a timely way or not. Okay, number two, death. Death in our life is a great cause of stress. A spousal death, a parental death, a child's death, a dog's death, a pet's death, the death of friends, the death of associates, the death of family members, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, extended family members, people that are close to us, our teachers, our ministers, our friends, death generally is a stressful event and goes on for a little while, depending upon how close that person was to you or how close that pet was to you and the meaning of that particular pet. But don't overlook the idea that a death of a pet is a very, very stressful event and causes depression and causes sorrow and causes grief, you know, to take place. Okay, that's number two. Number three is this, marital problems. And I'm going to include that with family problems of parent-child. So we have in the home stress of our marriage and our parent-child relationships can be an enormous amount of stress in our life. If communication drops down and we're not working together, you're not in sync, you're not coordinated, you seem to be fighting each other, you're arguing, you have different points of view, different ways of dealing with the children, different ways of dealing with problems in your life, different levels of communication in your marriage and in your family life, those are all stressful events that cause us to have the stress and have us, so that we have those kind of symptoms that I just mentioned a few moments ago. So family, home problems, and marriage and family is a big one. And then let me give you another one. And this has to do with your work situation. I'm going to call it inept management or inept supervision. You know, if you are working for, for a company and you are, have a supervisor who's inept, doesn't know how to manage, inept, doesn't know how to do the job, doesn't know how to help you do your job better, doesn't know how to train you, doesn't know how to support you, doesn't know how to encourage you, doesn't know how to come behind you and back you up and, and, and help you succeed. If you have a, a manager that is inept in personal relationships, skills is sour or is negative or is unpleasant or is cold and unfeeling. You know, a lot of our high, high stressful events. We spend eight hours a day at work. And if we have people who we work with or particularly those people who supervise us or form some type of a level of management and they are inept in their skills or in their, in their social skills, we're in trouble. That's a stressful cause. 
And uh, I think you need to take a real good look at where you work. And if you're going to be under a in-app manager for a long period of time, you may need to make some real changes or do some confrontation. But there needs to be something done. You can't live with an in-app manager very long. Your work's going to go down. Your sorrow is going to go up. Your anger is going to go up. Your frustration is going to go up. And you're going to carry it home. And they're going to tell you to go back to work, if you will. So that's number four. And then number five is just the lack of social support in your life. You know, when you're going through stress, one of the things you need is a lot of support, particularly from people who understand you and understand what you're going through. And if you don't have that kind of support system in your life, you are going in alone, and that's a stressful event to have to take care of. You know, there's a phrase or a little adage that says this, misery loves company. Well, that's not true. And don't believe that statement. That's not true. Here's what is true, however. Misery loves miserable company. In other words, when we're going through misery, when we're going through a tough time, a stressful time, we want people in our life to support us who have either gone through that experience previously and understand it and know it, or are going through it at the same time as you. And you kind of have a camaraderie with each other, and you have kind of a mutual support with each other. You want people in your life who have gone through or are going through what you're going through. That's when you get the highest or the greatest amount of support when you're under stress. So it's true. You want family support. You want friendship support. You want support from you know, the authorities in your life and from people who are uh, in a position of honor or respect in your life. Sure, you want their support. But you want the support by people who understand what you're facing and what you're going through and some of the issues you're trying to deal with because they've gone through it or they're going through it and they can be of a little bit of help to you at the same time. Okay, so five by five, we have the symptoms of stress and we have the causes of stress. Now we're going to go to another five, five by five by five. And that is how do you manage stress? How do you just deal with it? You know, what are some of the five key ways that you can manage stress. Obviously, there are many. Everybody has their own, but some are better than others. And here are some of the ones that do help. Number one, get enough sleep, but get quality sleep. Enough sleep is six to eight hours, not 10, 15 hours. No, no, you don't need that. Six to eight hours, but you want good quality sleep. That means you're falling asleep, you're staying asleep, and you wake up rested. That means you've had good, you've had the room dark, black pitch dark you've had it cool you're sleeping in sheets that are comfortable and clean perhaps a mattress that is comfortable for you and so on you want to make sure that that bed is a comfortable place to sleep you don't do other things in the bed like read or eat or watch television that should be somewhere else okay that's number one number two if you're going to manage your stress you got to set your priorities you got to establish them properly. you got to put them in proper order. You know, there are priorities in life. You know, if you're married, your spouse is first. Your children, they come next. Then you have your friendships and your extended family members and the people at your work and your job and your, your church and other things that are important to you. They begin to kind of follow in line. But you got to keep that priority of your own spouse being number one and your children number two. And after that, then other things fall in line. But make sure you establish your priority and live by your priorities. Honor that the priorities. 
and make sure that you understand what they are. Because if you violate the priorities of your life, you only are adding more stress to your life, not reducing it. Okay, so that's another stress management. Number three, you got to know your stress triggers. You got to know the things that stress you because you can avoid some of those. It might be a certain person, just the way that they live their life or the way that they make sounds or make noise during the day when they're working. That could be a highly stressful kind of thing to you. Or it might be time scheduling or it might be pressures of certain responsibilities that you have. But what are the things that really put you under stress? What are your triggers? And then start controlling them. Start managing them. Get away from them. Avoid them. Tell them to change. Confront people. Be assertive. Speak out. Speak up. So that the things which are stressful to you can be minimized or eliminated. Sometimes it's just a matter of asking somebody not to do something. Sometimes it's a matter of asking them to do it elsewhere. You know, to, to be respectful of you when you're present, not to do certain kind of things. In other words, don't let people invade your space and do things that are stressful to you. So what are your stress management or, or the stress triggers that you have that you need to manage so that you can manage them effectively and, and appropriately? So that's number three. Number four is this. You have to maintain supportive relationships. You know, when you're under stress, you can manage that stress a lot better when you have people in your life who are supportive, who care, who are compassionate, who are concerned, who will listen, who will talk with you, who will let you talk, who will process ideas, who will interact with you, who will understand what you're trying to say, or will try to understand what you're trying to say. You want people in your life that are supportive and who are encouraging, and you've got to remove the people from your life who are not supportive and encouraging. Sometimes that's grandparents. Sometimes that's friends. Sometimes that's uh, extended family members. Sometimes you've got to get away from them because they're not helpful. They're not encouraging. They're not supportive. In fact, they create more stress for you, perhaps. So eliminate the people who create stress. That's how you manage it. And be around the people. Seek out the people who encourage you and who support you and who reduce your stress. So essentially, you can look at it two ways. You have people in your life who encourage stress, and you have people in your life who encourage the absence of stress. Make sure you get rid of the people who are stressful, and you bring people into your life who help you reduce your stress and help you process it in an appropriate kind of way. You know, and then number five. Okay, here's the last one. Got to say no. You got you to learn to say no. Don't accept every project that comes along. Don't accept every offer that comes along. Don't accept every invitation that comes along. You have to say no. And sometimes you have to kind of process what your week is or your weekend is going to be. Maybe it's not proper for you to work on all week long and then have a demanding weekend because you've said yes to too many things. Parties and engagements and being with people and taking on responsibilities and, and so on. Some of those maybe should have had a no answer so that your weekend is moderate. If your week is high, in high stress, your weekend needs to be low to moderate, or vice versa. So you need to be very careful in terms of how much you take on and the ability that you have to say no and to maybe put something off in the future to another time. And you have to learn how to also say, you know, things are good enough. You know, I'm busy enough or the house looks good enough, or I've cleaned enough, or 
the project that I've been working on is now adequately done. It's, it's, it's not perfect. It's not fully done, but it's adequately done. The word adequate is a very important word when you're trying to manage stress. There's a lot of things that we can let go because they're adequately taken care of. Not perfect. And if you are one of these people that have to have things perfect, you're going to live with stress all your life and you're going to have moments of very high stress. And then that creates other kind of problems, headaches, etc. So manage your stress well. So here's the deal. When you look at stress, it's a five by five by five. What are your five symptoms that tell you and tell others that you're under stress? What are the five causes of your stress? What are the five things in your life that, if they're present, you're stressful? And maybe if two or three of those are present in your life, you're over the top, okay? So what are those? And then the last five are, what are the things that you can do and currently do to manage your stress? How can you improve your stress management by just knowing five ways to manage stress? The five that work for you. Not the five that work for me, but the five that work for you. So that's the issue of stress in our life. It's a five by five by five stress management program. And just make sure that you follow the procedures of five by five by five. Hey, good to talk to you today on the Psychology Report. And um, I have a book on healthcare. It's how to achieve and maintain a healthy lifestyle in a world of stress. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com, booksbyhedberg.com, and in that website, you will find that book on healthcare, Achieving and Maintaining a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress, and I deal with a lot of stress management ideas in that book, so that's a relevant topic to you. Pick up the book and uh, read it and use it as a manual in your own stress management. Hey, good to talk to you, and bye for now.